Stop. <laughs> Terry's like trying to climb onto the. <laughs> Terry, stop. She just wants to talk. Welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Katie Tolbert. Morning. <laughs> Basketball glory, Cookie. Let's go. And uh, some phone number that is out of uh, way too many digits. Big Mike, he's missing. Where are you, Mike? I'm in Franklin County in Western Maine. I'm in Rangeley. Staying at the family property, cabin on a lake. Doesn't get much better. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, this trip. How was the 13-hour uh, drive up and all of that? Well, it's a 17-hour drive. It Holy went pretty shit. well. Jesus. Um, yeah, we, we drive through the night. We only hit some traffic in the D.C. area because some dumb person thought it would be a great idea to cut four lanes down to one. Um but yeah, I mean, that was the only major incident. Boys did okay. Family's good. But it is very relieving once you pull down the dirt road and see the lake and see the cabin and know that you have concluded your driving for for the week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. Other than the very poor internet um, that, you know, is, is somewhat disturbing that I might not be able to watch Dynamite on Wednesday. Well, that's fine, though. Uh, I mean, we will be able we'll to... We'll tell you all about it, Mike. Yeah, let you know <laughs> what happened on Dynamite. So, so this town, you know, it's 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 big for a a town um, in the summer-ish. Not quite. I think it's like a total of 2,000 people live here in the summer. Um, and one of the prime places to hang out, because it's Maine, and there's not a ton of sun all the time, and good weather is the bowling alley, right? So this is best place in breakfast, apparently, to get breakfast in this town is the bowling alley. So we went the other day. Super nice. They have like a recess stage. They've got like lounge chairs and like fireplaces. They got billiards. And I'm like, all right, well, this this is going to be the place. I'm just going to come to the bar and watch wrestling and be that guy with my headphones in. Um, and that was the plan. And then I found out that they're closed on Wednesdays. Oh, well, I, I, you would think that it would be league night on Wednesdays. Are there any other bars in Maine? There are. There are more bars. I don't know if they're going to have the Wi-Fi that this place has. I'm I'm debating about scoping it out and potentially just sitting in the parking lot because, like, it's not like they're going to turn the router off, right? Right, hmm. but but Mike, I would also say that they probably have cable at some of these places, and you can request them to put the TV on. Uh, I don't know if there is one sports bar. But you that might think that's my next, my next option. I know, but like, you, Aaron, you you you've watched wrestling with me before. You know, I don't enjoy when there's crowds and talking because I'm more want to be more in tune with the story and what people are saying, not just the in ring work talking to me. I want to want to hear what the wrestlers want to say. I want to hear Jericho scream bloody murders nick gage pizza cutters his face 
Can we briefly because touch I can't on that, Mike? Mike, Mike uh, we, yeah. this week on AEW Dynamite, since this is a pro wrestling podcast, uh, we're just watching professional wrestling, and all of a sudden, MJF says that Jericho's next match in this series of five uh, is going to be with somebody that is a who was arrested for robbing a bank without a mask on and uh, all of these things. And I'm kind of putting two and two together. And I'm like, that sounds like that really dumb guy, <laughs> Nick Gage. Uh, <laughs> so this week on dynamite in front of Bojangles Coliseum, we're going to be in attendance to one Chris Jericho against uh, murder, death, kill gang, Nick Gage, what, what, what in the world, what is happening in America What's right happening? now that we get to see this live Wednesday in Charlotte, North Carolina? I, uh, I audibly, I was watching on my phone as we're driving. Um, and I audibly, as soon as MGF said he was once arrested without a mask, I said, no way. And then they announced it. And I'm just like, son of a Bitch. I was like, what? I was like, Chris Jericho is going to wrestle Nick Gage in Charlotte, and I'm not going to get to see it. So that'll be your second most bizarre match that you have not seen live. Our other match that we got to see live would be one uh, Kiji Muto or the Great Muta against one George South that yes. we saw live. Another match that I never thought I would see live, and it just kind of happened, you know? Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, with, with the Nick Gage announcement, uh, you have to watch that at least. And then proud and powerful against FTR. You don't get to see that live. Uh, no, I don't. And I'm really, again, kind of disappointed because I know FTR always puts on bangers. And the one, one of the greatest matches I did get to see live was the FTR four-way tag team match in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, so I know that that is going to probably tear the house down. Right. Um, I don't think it'll main event. Well, maybe we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, are you going to start off the show? If you were Tony Khan, would you start off the show with Nick Gage against Chris Jericho at the eight o'clock time slot? Or would you start off with FTR against proud and powerful? That That is a tough. Well, so yeah. Tony, Tony's usually pretty good about, um, starting off with a heater. And so I, I can see them opening too, um, being that both boys are from North Carolina um, and just kind of going from there and just letting, give them friggin' 25 minutes to just set the tone. I agree. Uh, Mike, any other things uh, happening this week? Nope. Just, uh, you know, living the dream. I, uh, I did, meet one of my goals for my vacation, which was to road to town um, solo, which is kind of a, a thing people in my family do in our Rangely rowboat. It totaled six miles. I have some small blisters on my hands, but I did it. So I, I met that goal day two. So I don't really have anything else planned for the rest of the week, which is kind of nice. Cookie, is that a, uh, is that a family goal for your family as well to road to town in your family rowboat? Uh, my dad is actually the only person that's been in a rowboat, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a goal for one single person. I've never been in a rowboat, my friend. 
Speaking of water, that this, speaking of water sports, uh, Mike, before we, we move on, I do want to tell you, I want Tolbert to set the scene of what happened yesterday at Jungle Rapids. Jungle Rapids. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, this we, we go to Jungle Rapids every year for Varnum's birthday. I um, enjoy, I'm a man child. I enjoy going down water slides. Yeah. Had not been for COVID last year, this would have been the fourth annual uh, Varnum <laughs> <laughs> Jungle Rapids B-Day bash. You know, it's beginning to be a thing. We, we're going to have to make T-shirts next year, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the birthday reunion at, at Jungle Rapids. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as, as we get to Jungle Rapids, um, you know, we realize security has been beefed up a little bit, probably because groups like us go to Jungle Rapids once a year, <laughs> every year. Yes. So, so we get there and, and, and our usual thing is, um, you know, you fill your bag, your beach bag full of airplane bottles. You, you get slushies, you know, you get frozen lemonades, you know, you get your, your, your beverages and you dump a you dump a Bacardi in there. You drink about four of those, and then you hit the water slides. You know that's what we do. It's awesome. Uh, but the beefed up security. I, I think Aaron on his person had about fifteen airplane bottles. Yes, uh, <laughs> in, in his bag, and so did the rest of our entourage. Um, so we see they're checking bags pretty pretty aggressively. Um, yeah, there is a <laughs> bag like, check this year, and, uh, Mike. A bag check. Yeah. It was it was almost like an episode of Locked Up Abroad. You know, <laughs> when you approach the uh, guy, it's like it's like when you're in the airport trying yeah, to make it through customs. Uh, we had a we had a couple in our group go to the bathroom and rearrange, you know, some uh, supplies. You know, tuck them away a little a little better. Aaron did not have the time to do that, and he tries to no sell the bag check line, which is. <laughs> Not a good move, Aaron. I thought, oh, great. He's automatically busted. No. He let, tries me tell to you, walk let, me, let me tell you, Tolbert. <laughs> I, this is one thing that I have learned my entire life. Act like you've been there before. Go in with the false confidence of a middle-class white male and just hand him the bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I was like, oh, great. We're, we're busted. Um, and he has loosely 15 airplane bottles in the bottom of his bag with like a towel over it. And the guy clearly sees it. I mean, he, there's no way he didn't see all the airplane bottles, but he gets through. And one by one, we wait anxiously on the other side as our crew gets cleared. Uh, but we made it through. We made I, it through. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I was... I I'm surprised you didn't just do like the classic leave one for them to find and then keep the other 14. Well, I, we did. I, I originally thought maybe that would be the case, but I think once he finds one, he's looking for more. Yeah. Nobody's just going course, with one really. airplane bottle. That's a risky move. As soon, you, as soon as you said that, I'm like, man, I got a big water bottle with a big open mouth. I could probably fit 15 airplane bottles just in there and then dump them out in my bag once I'm through. You, you could, but then you would be busted. And, and I will tell you one thing. Uh, I did recognize the guy doing the bag check, and maybe we had a little understanding. I knew who he was of because course he, he was a uh, <laughs> Brunswick County uh, <laughs> teacher, and this is his job <laughs> on the side during the summertime. I'm like, hey, man, we've, we've covered y'all's uh, sports at your high school. Yeah, it's great. 
so that was it was it was a very nerve round. I almost had to take a Xanax at Jungle Rap. <laughs> and, and and Mike, I'm sure you know you know the familiar Varnum like stressed out signs. You know he's yep. he's he's stiff body posture. He's got the straps of his backpack. He's pacing back and forth. Hands <laughs> on the hips. <laughs> Well, we made it through. We we had a hell of a time riding some water slides. Um, I oiled myself up with tanning oil to make get some extra speed. Um, it was great. It was great. The thing about going to Jungle Rapids, though, with with a group of your older friends and you're an older person, um, you have to stay with the group because when you get separated from the group, yes. you find yourself in a line with a bunch of children <laughs> and a teenage girl is placing your raft for you know you to slide your big hairy body into and. Be like, yeah, I'm, well, I'm looking for my friends. <laughs> and then take off down a water slide. <laughs> I will say one thing. Uh, we were in a group of uh, like, so it was like me. So we, we had another guy, Bronco, there with us, who's, who's a part of our, our rugby team. We were in line. Me and Bronco were standing there. And there's these two like eight-year-old boys and standing in front of us. Uh, we're about to go down the half pipe slide. The half pipe slide is actually kind of a, a, a scary ride. Um at Jungle Rapids, if, if you're not ready for it. it. It is probably the most intense ride there. Uh, it, it is a steep drop-off. You go straight up. Mike almost flew off the end last time. Right, Mike? I did touch the top. It was and, a little sketchy. And it, it, it's a sketchy ride. And these kids in front of us, you know, like the eight-year-old boy, like they're trying to show how brave they are. They're like, they're yeah, man. Each other up. Like, this is going to be great, man. I'm not scared at all. And I look at the kids and I said, are you guys going to the memorial service tomorrow for the kid that died yesterday on the slide? Oh, my God. God. The kid was all happy, brave, and fun until I said the memorial service thing. And he starts like, you see something in his head. And he's like, are you? For real? I'm like, yeah, man, they had to airlift him out yesterday. Like oh. a helicopter came in. Like it was it was kind of scary. Like the, the, this kid and he all he says was, man. I feel really bad for his parents. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like there and I'm like, that is a, a legitimate response that like, yeah. yeah, like as an eight year old, that that's the only correct response. And I'm like. I, that made me feel really bad about it. I'm like, I'm just kidding. He's like, that's kind of messed up, mister. <laughs> um, All we, right. We have uh, many interactions like this in the lines of children throughout the day. You got to scar a child. I was scarred as a child by <laughs> this sort of stuff. You got to tell the kids that somebody died on the slide. And is this your first time doing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think the, 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 the couple of the mini bottles had pushed me the courage to tell these kids that somebody had died on the slide. So, yes, nice. You popped a bubble. I popped a bubble. <laughs> Bronco, Bronco, like I kept looking back at Bronco and Bronco's like, Jesus Christ, I guess I'm going with this story, too. Like, like yeah, like the kids get a memorial, so a candlelight vigil and like. He just didn't know what to do because he didn't expect <laughs> me to say this. All right, Tolbert, other than the birthday party, what other things happened this week in the world of Tolbert? Have, have you, I, I know that you, you got into it with another um, hippie and somebody wrote a bad review. Tell me what happened there, Tolbert. 
Oh man, I almost blocked that out, man. Oh yeah, so it's uh what widespread day three. That's, oh medical, yeah, we man. didn't get People to hear about day three. Yeah, so you know this is a three night event. People like this is what they do. They go all three nights and. You've got people that have been partying for three, four nights straight, man, just still going. Um, you know, so there's some fatigue. There's some uh, uh, there's some very hungover and wasted people you deal with. Uh, but I had just gotten to work and I, we, we had a lady. She brought in a, a drink from an outside place, which, you know, if you work in a restaurant or a bar, you know, that's very it's a big you, you just don't do that. It's a big. No, no people. We can get in a lot of trouble for that, you know. Anyway, so we take it away from her, ask her to leave, and her husband comes back and he wants a refund for <laughs> for the beer we took away from her. And in the meantime, he has brought an outside beer in from the back door a- as well. And uh, I'm trying to calm him down and, you know, like, look, man, this is not how it works. First of all, I, I should take that away from me right now, but I'm giving you out, man. Like, I'm going to let you keep that. You just exit <laughs> out the back door. Right where you came from, just walk away, and when you everything, everything will be fine. Well, he keeps pushing, man. He keeps pushing me. I go, look, man, enjoy your show. Just, just walk away, get out of here. And he keeps on. Well, I, I got pissed off and I snapped at him. I'm like, look, dude, get out of here. Have a groovy time, man. <laughs> like, just get out. And when, when I said that, he got very, very angry at me, and I thought I was about to have to dodge like the half full beer he's about to throw at me um but yes he instantly wrote a scathing review that, is it on yelp uh, that, that we hate out of town it's on her facebook page so. oh I, I have to read it as soon as we're done <laughs> he said uh, we, we are belligerent and hate out of towners um which you know sometimes <laughs> but in this instance <laughs> that, no <laughs> love out of towners just in not widespread panic fans. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, man, I hope they come back once a year, dude. Uh, <laughs> I met some. I met some nice people, but he got uh, some good money. Yeah, it was just. Oh, and he, he kicked over. He kicked over a trash can on the way out too. <laughs> oh my god! Jesus Christ! Yeah. But yeah, uh, that wrapped cookie. up the saga. That wrapped. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> you wrapped up the saga. So that was the trilogy. Uh, the that, first that, that day ended, was a new hope. That ended the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The end of the second night, you're tired. Uh, your your father cut off your own hand uh, at the bar. It was the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Three, uh, Kate for wine and beer uh, pulled together all of their jungle uh, equipment and and just like the Ewoks and and defeated just the Empire. Just like the Ewoks. Just of like course. the Ewoks. You guys are furry enough. You've got that beard. You even look like Wicked, yeah. the, uh, the 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 lovable Ewok oh, friend. He was my he was my favorite as a child. Wicked. I, I can't watch. That's one of the that's one of the first movies I will watch with, with as soon as my child is old enough to en- enjoy and retain movies. I think the Ewoks movie will be one of the first. The Witches Speaking of Endor. Yes, it's it's an f- amazing movie. I love or it. Or Caravan of, of which, Courage, the other one. <laughs> I've seen both. We'll watch them all. Uh, speaking of which, tomorrow we will find out uh, what we will be having, a boy or a girl. Nice. We find that. So big, big, big day for the Tolbert <laughs> household tomorrow. Uh, we find out if everything's, you know, good and healthy, which everything's right on track as it should be. So big day for us tomorrow. Does your wife know that you're going to have a uh, a bong smoke gender reveal? 
<laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna put like uh, I don't think anyone has that technology. <laughs> food dye into the bong, and then once you take a rip, if it's blue smoke coming out of your lungs, it is a boy. If it is it pink sound smoke, healthy. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Yes, Cookie. Uh, Tober, if you do have a boy, uh, is it gonna be named Rob Van Tobert? <laughs> That's it's it's on the list. <laughs> I I don't know if Sabu uh, Tolbert is is has a good ring to it. No. I've already proposed Dory, like you said. <laughs> uh, she said no to Dory. That's that's yeah, that was a hard a hard no. <laughs> All right, uh, Cookie, how was your week? Oh, it was boring, man. Still recovering from Vegas, just chilling. Really? Okay. If you, you're playing any video games, what are, what are you doing with your life? Oh, no. Actually, on Thursday, I went to practice. I went to a rugby practice. Yes. Tell us about this yeah. new rugby practice. Do you feel yeah. like you are not bringing enough skill to a real rugby team? <laughs> Aaron, I'll tell you this. I walked in. Oh, so I walked up. Uh, first, it was raining. So I walked underneath this uh, the gazebo because I imagined that that's where they would be at. And I was like, oh, this team's a little young. And they were like, <laughs> these were high schoolers that I were talking about. They were like, no, I'm from the academy. You want the bigger guys. They're in there. They're across the field. So I walk across the field and they're in their like their locker room, essentially. And I see the first guy I see is a guy that looks like Odell Beckham. Like he has Jesus. the hair. He's jacked. He's wearing an all black jersey and he has a dangly earring. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I see four other big black dudes that look just like him. They're equally as big, if not like just taller. And this is seventh season. So I'm like, holy shit, these guys are fucking big. And then I see some, I, I see girls that are like equally like six feet tall, if not more. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what a real rugby team looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everyone's just like six foot or, or, or bigger. There's some ruts in there, of course. There's some, you know, there's some chubby, some chubby big boys in there too. Uh, but there's a lot of athletic guys out there. Let's just say that. Did they and, come uh, up to you after practice and say, maybe this level of rugby is not for you? No, they did not. They, they, uh, the coach welcomed me with open arms. Uh, and in fact, I, their coach is a female. Really? The board's coach is a female. Yes. Uh, I found that out because she has one of the deepest voices I've ever heard in my life, like deeper than mine. And don't look at me like that, Aaron. Don't look at me like that. She, I wasn't ready for it, okay? I wasn't ready. <laughs> she said, "She said, hey, your, your name is Cookie, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Cookie. <laughs> she said, well, welcome on. You're our new prop. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, shit. All right, here we go. Fuck it. Let's do this. And then we just went on with practice. And uh, uh, it was a fun time. But it's sevens practice. So, you know, of course, I was gassed after the first run. Cookie, did, did you guys actually scrum and tackle? We did not scrum nor tackle because it was on turf and it was raining still. So we were just like, no, nah, let's just do some drills. So, so you just did, do drills. The, you, you felt a lot more comfortable not uh, not having to do things that we have done. Not We have neglected to do at our practice for yes, uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay, we're not doing touch all day? Fuck. This is not, <laughs> this is not Cape Fear. God damn it. <laughs> Just like beach vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no more beach vibes. These are truly beach vibes. God damn it. Yeah. I'm going to have to actually work. Boys, have, did you guys get to watch any Olympics this week? 
Yes. I'm about to catch up. Uh, I want to definitely want about to catch up on some uh, men's skateboarding for sure. Uh, the park is amazing. Uh, I'm a huge skateboard fan. Have been forever. Um, yeah, I, I watch some of the random stuff. Like I was telling you, like the rowing. Like you know, that's that's for, it's, it's cathartic and it's it gets exciting. Uh, I don't know. I, I get into some of the more random stuff, like track yeah. and field, like shot put, and you know things like that. Uh, but I love it, man. I watch a little bit of everything. I watched some fencing before. I've never seen fencing. I have no clue what's going on in fencing. I just see their, their faces light up yeah. like Daft Punk, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I think that's a point. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a point for them or the other team. I, I still got to figure that out. So Friday night, the Olympics start. We uh, Jasmine and I had just got back from dinner together. Uh, we turn on the Olympics opening ceremony, and Jasmine says to me, Aaron, uh, have you done the rundown this week? And I said, Jasmine, no, I have not. <laughs> so Jasmine says, you, why Jasmine. don't you do By the way. Olympians? And she said, there's people like Kurt Angle. And I'm like, holy shit, Jasmine, you're a genius. We're going to do Olympians this week. So this week on $2 Steak, we talk about Olympians. All right, for our first Olympian of the day, Bad News Brown, formerly known as Bad News Allen. This man uh, was the first African-American outside of track and outside of, uh, there was one other individual uh, sport to win an Olympic medal. Bad News Allen against Randy Savage, Mike. All right, Bad News Allen, Randy Savage, WWF title match. I believe it was January 14th, 1989. I don't have a location on it. Um, so it starts out one. I've never even heard of this Bad News Allen guy. Um, is there anything else besides that he was an Olympian? Like, what did you do wrestling-wise? So he actually won uh, a, a bronze medal in judo. Not wrestling, in judo. Uh, he, he started off, he, he lived in Japan for a couple years, started wrestling, was trained by Antonio Inoki, went to Calgary Stampede in Canada for a little while, trained under Stu Hart. That's where he uh, spent a lot of his time, went to WWF, became Bad News Brown there. Kind of a fun character. He was the typical loner character. He wasn't like a heel that joined up with other heels. He was a guy that was only out for himself. Well, he's a, he's a heel. Uh, video opens up. He's already in the ring. He's cutting a promo on Randy Savage and Elizabeth, basically implying that they're, Elizabeth's in the back doing favors and potentially fellatio on the head usher. Um, obviously, Randy's coming out hot. One, because he probably didn't like that Bad News said that in general, like, for real, and two, um, because he's ready to whoop his ass anyway. Um, starts off early, Randy Savage kicks bad news in the face, it looks like, with his robe still on. Uh, he goes and starts choking him out with the robe. Um, and, you know, it's a quick match. It's mostly Randy Savage beating the crap out of this guy. 
But he does get some offense in. At one point, he tosses Randy Savage over um, the ropes, and he's beating him up on the outside. He starts running. Bad News starts running after Elizabeth. Thought it was weird. The referee got in the way um, to help protect Elizabeth. Never really seen that. Most of the time, referees just just do nothing and stand there. And I don't even know. They don't even count to 10 sometimes. Um, and long story short, because the, the match was okay, but it wasn't, you know, spectacular. Um, Randy Savage hits him with a roll-up and wins the title match. I thought that was an, a unique way to, one, they probably continued the storyline, two, um, for a title match to win like that where the belt holder wins with a roll-up is, I don't know, I don't know if I've actually seen that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either, but uh, he was presented in a way that, like, maybe not as strong as Bad News Brown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of how I what I took away from it too. I mean, there wasn't a lot of, I mean, it's '80s wrestling. It was classic Savage match. Um, there wasn't a ton of like big offense or, or fancy splashy moves. Um, it was like kind of a condensed version of what you would expect, where the you know good guy gets offense, bad guy gets his, and then the bad guy gets his comeuppance. Um, so it was it was a decent wrestling match. I can tell you the commentary was fucking trash. Um, I don't know who was doing the commentary. Yeah, he sounded I, I wasn't sure either. Do you remember um, Major League? And you remember the announcer for Major League mm-hmm. where he's drinking? And he's just like, and that's a ball outside. Yeah. And he's like, not, not <laughs> that was this guy. He was like, I don't know if it was a tryout, but like, and I couldn't tell if there was one or two guys, but it was just bad all around. It. And it, I think that's one thing that it, made it a little bit more difficult to watch this because you're just they the, the commentary was not even trying uh yeah i i, I agree with that it, it's, it's funny that you bring up bob euchre there he he was actually a big uh deal in wwf hall of fame there you go oh really yeah hey how about that it's full member of the wwe hall of fame uh mike anything else before you leave us and go back down the mountain um, no, just uh, hope you guys have a good time in Charlotte. I I hope you guys, I mean, I, the Charlotte crowd is going to tear it down anyway. I mean, for the next year, every new place they go that they haven't been, the crowds are going to be hot. But I hope you guys kind of match some of that Texas um, tenacity that they had, um, I think, two weeks ago. Scream, better, you all better lose your voices. Well, and uh, I will hope to, find, yeah, I'll hope to find a place to watch it. One last thing. Are you going to be able, are, are you coming down the mountain for us next week? Or are you going to be in the IGA parking lot again? I'll be, I will be back in town to record next week. All right, Mike, thank you. Have fun in Maine. Get some hiking in and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Cool. I might sneak a photo or two on the Instagram because Tolbert hasn't posted anything in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going on a road trip, so we'll have some content. Oh my <laughs> God. God. All right, will buddy. we ever? Yeah. Take it easy, boys. All right, Cookie, for the strong style, maybe not the strongest of styles that we've talked about, but a character that you like and appreciate, uh, you have got one 
a former Olympian at the Atlanta Olympics, 1996. What was it? 96? Did you do any research? I did. I did, I did do some research. Um, okay. I'll, I'll take it over from here. Aaron. All right, go ahead. Mark Henry. Did y'all know that Mark Henry has placed first in over 10 weightlifting competitions from 1991 to 1997? No shit. And he also placed first in the Arnold Strongman Classic in oh, yeah. That's the one that he's most famous for. Yep. Uh, gold, silver, bronze medal winner. He's won it all. He is literally the world's strongest man. It's not just a moniker. Shit's real. Uh, he is legit. And then you have Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I, <laughs> I looked into Jerry. At surprising, surprisingly so. He's a 58-time Memphis champion, heavyweight champion. I, I think he was also the booker there, so that was the reason why. <laughs> That makes a lot of I'm sense. I'm booked. I'm booked. I'm booked. Oh, oh, I'm booked. Don't worry. I'm booked. <laughs> Jerry knew that, uh, like, he, he could trust himself not to, uh, you know, <laughs> take that belt somewhere else. Oh, of course. Uh, he was voted best commentator in 95 and 96 and also the worst commentator in 2002. I, I agree with both. I do, too. And, puppies. of course, go ahead. Puppies. Okay. That's all yeah. I have to puppies. say Puppies. I had to Google Jerry Lawler's stats, and would you know that Jerry's engaged to a 32-year-old right now? I, I did know that. And he also got busted with a 16-year-old uh, or 14-year-old uh, when he was a, a big-time uh, person in the 80s. Ah, the 80s. I believe that. Uh, because he, I didn't know he was 71, Aaron, and he's yeah. been with this girl for 10 years. He, he's uh, been so around he, for a while. So he's grooming her. He's grooming a 20, he was grooming a 22-year-old back in uh, 2011. Yeah, that's Jerry Lawler. Anyway, we got some uh, Lawlerisms that I uh, also looked up and found some quotes for him. Uh, Foley looks like an unmade bed. Yes. Uh, ECW stands for extremely crappy wrestling. Yes. You never really know a woman until you meet her in court. <laughs> Whoa. That's actually one of the truest things ever. Uh, he says to Mark Henry, hey, Mark Henry, where are your gold medals? We all know that if Mark Henry won a gold medal, he would just take it and have it bronzed. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't even know what it means. Uh, and then the last one, the only reason why I watched the Olympics was to see if one synchronized swimmer drowned, if they all have to drown. <laughs> okay, that's, that's dumb. Uh, yeah. Like, Jerry Lawler's humor is very much like a, a it, it's boomer humor, you know, old yes. men humor. Yep. But uh, I, I, you got to appreciate it a little bit. That's what we all grew up around. That, yeah, that <laughs> is true. Puppies. <laughs> Puppies. Uh, anyway, this is uh, Mark Henry's debut match, though, at In Your House, Mind Games, 1996. Uh, and you can tell because of his gear. I mean, he's wearing the American flag on him. Would you say that that is the USA drip? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, I was looking at it, and I was like, this is actually kind of fresh. Uh, Cookie, I, I was going to tell you, you know, we, we had a very fun matchup I had picked on Friday night with world's strongest man, the silverback of the SmackDown jungle version <laughs> of Mark Henry yeah. against Big Show. And it was like this incredible matchup. There was chairs used. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Travis, our art uh, director, put a kibosh to that. And he said, you're talking about Olympics. You have to use Olympic drip. Mark Henry, so he found us this matchup. Uh, not as exciting as the other matchup we had, but it is Mark Henry's debut. What what better way? 
Thank you, Travis, because the drip makes up for everything that he was lacking <laughs> in the ring. That drip was fire. But enough about the drip. Let's get to the countdown. Cookies, top four, number one. Uh, so I just want to point out, point out first that Mark Henry is 6'4", and he's 360 pounds. And that's not saying that Jerry doesn't have some size, because he does. He has some. But he's no Mark Henry. Now, for some reason, Jerry decides to throw his McDonald's coffee on Mark <laughs> and then he paintbrushes him before the match starts. My point, Lawler is trying to embarrass the rookie, but here's the R-truth of the situation. Mark Henry was greener than goose turds yes. at this time. So my number one is just that Mark Henry was a huge, huge guy, but there's a reason why he didn't do a lot of moves in this match because he's greener than goose shit. So, Well, you, you, you see him like that. You, you see him take this stuff – uh, he looks like somebody that plays on Cookie's rugby team in Denver. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy is a big dude. You don't want to mess with him, but they saw potential in him. That's why you're, you're putting him with somebody like Jerry Lawler, who is this okay. consummate worker. Yes, yes. And uh, Jerry Lawler put him over, as they would say in the biz. Mark <laughs> Henry, it, like they made Mark Henry look strong as hell, even though he already is strong as hell. And that's the whole point of this. Number two. Uh, Mark Henry looks like a brick wall. Uh, King ran at him with all he had twice. Both times took flat back bumps and ended up looking up at the lights. Uh, the third time he runs at him, Mark sidesteps him, and Jerry ends up hitting a suicide dive that looked like it came straight out of Ray Phoenix's playbook. He even uh, ran into the guardrail, much like Ray Phoenix does every time with a suicide dive, because I, for some reason, they just like to run at the fucking guardrails full, full pace and try and take them out. So that's my number two. Jim Cornette says that, uh, that, that, that Jerry Lawler never took a bump, a crazy bump like Ray Phoenix and these, these new age wrestlers. He knew how to work. Uh, let's send that clip to Jerry, uh, to, to Jim Cornette and show him that, that Jerry Lawler was taking those high risk bumps back in 1996. Yes, uh, uh, Tober, would you mind doing the honors of uh, sending that to Jim Cornette? Sure. <laughs> Get right on that. Number three. Uh, so Lawler digs. Uh, he so Lawler digs in his crotch. I know that's a crazy way to start off my number three, but uh, what bad guys do is they usually hide their weapons next to their dick for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Nobody's gonna check that dick. No one checks the dick. Uh, JR. That's where I should have hit the bottles yesterday. Jungle you Rabbit. You should have wore a Speedo and just tuck them around your That's junk. what you should have done. And just grabbed in your crotch as you're next to the children. <laughs> you would have more, you'd be more aerodynamic on the slot. Yeah, That's of course. Too. Now, uh, JR says Lawler's got something in his right hand. Either that or he's got some personal problems that he needs to take care of. Yes. And I don't know why, but this made, I don't know why this made the countdown, but it did because it made me pop. God bless JR. I love you to death. Uh, whatever it was, though, momentarily stunned Big Mark Henry. He hit him a few times across the chin. Uh, and then we'll get to number four. Uh, Cookie, what do you think that it was? You never really get to see if it is a brass knucks or a, a roll of coins or even from under cheese. You, uh -huh. you, yep. what, what do you think that weapon was? Uh, let's see here. Jerry Lawler in the early mid-90s. God, guys, what could it have been if it's Jerry Lawler? Um, 
Uh, let's see here. Roofies. It was a Limp Biscuit CD. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not yet. Limp Biscuit was still in its infancy stages at that point. Oh, maybe it was a Kid Rock CD. Kid Rock was big at the time, right? No, that's 99. Speaking of which, boys, if you haven't watched it, Woodstock 99, the greatest event in all of human history, has a documentary on uh, HBO. Uh, it's very eye-opening. Just kidding. It was a shit show. And if people think Firefest was bad, you have to watch this Woodstock documentary. Uh, this was my childhood. I was talking to Bronco yesterday. We watched it live on MTV I did too, when dude. it was happening. Yeah. So uh, Woodstock 99 documentary. Cookie, if, if you get a chance today, watch it and be appalled. Are you are you saying that Firefest is not as bad as Woodstock 99? Uh, no. What? You have to watch this documentary. Uh, Firefest was a drop in the pan compared to the atrocities that happened at Woodstock 99. They interview this guy who was a EMT and the EMT was like, uh, I've been to war zones, uh, but I never have seen more atrocious things than I did at Woodstock 99. Oh dear God. Watch oh, it if you God. get a chance. Number, uh, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Uh, I'll get to those after number four. All right, number four. Uh, pissed off Mark Henry is scary. And obviously he's pissed off because he got hit with that foreign object and we still don't know what it is. It could have been a CD. Uh, it could have been drugs. Knowing Jerry Lee you never know what it could have been. It could have been someone's fake boob. Who knows? Half roll of quarters. Or roll of quarters. <laughs> um, but he hits Jerry with four strong knees, and I'm talking about, like, Muay Thai clenched knees, and then he bops Jerry on the head, and then he puts him in this weird-ass backbreaker submission that I've never seen Mark Henry do, but he does it because, I mean, he looks good doing it. It's like a half-dominator, but it makes Jerry tap out, and the former former Olympian is your victor. Mark Henry takes the dub. Aaron, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening, bro. I, oh. I, I, I'm just thinking about how much he evolves his his character and everything oh, God, throughout yeah. the years. This is before sexual chocolate. Uh, yeah. Mark Henry uh, starting off rather uh, uh, white meat baby face at that point. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he's this guy uh, that that's going to come in and save WWF. Uh, you know, I didn't even mention it, but with that swag came uh, a pretty funky, mu- some funky music. They came with it. Not 3-6 Mafia, I'll tell you that. No, it, it didn't bump like 3-6 Mafia, but I was bobbing my head. I bobbed it a couple of times. <laughs> I was like, all right, Mark, I see what you're doing here. And he even had the American flag hack to go along with it. Drip God. Mark Henry is the original Drip God. So, so we have uh, Shinsuke Nakamura as the king of strong style. Mark yeah. Henry the king of USA drip style. I think. Absolutely. 100%. And I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that Travis suggested this because I couldn't do as much with the, what was it? The, the silverback of the, the, WWE? the SmackDown jungle. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Silverback of the SmackDown jungle. Yes, exactly. God, who the fuck came up with that bad idea? Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> 100% Vince McMahon. Honorable mentions. Um, my first one, uh, who the fuck is Leaf Cassidy? Uh, that's Al Snow. That's Al Snow? That's Al Snow. Oh! <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, my next question was, <laughs> when did Marty, <laughs> when did Marty Jannetty get a new partner? 
Um, and I said, what was this around the time that he killed the drug dealer friend behind a bowling alley? No, that was much earlier. Oh, okay. Never mind. So he's, he's our, he's a murderer at this time. Yes. Yes. Um, so Leaf Cassidy, Al Snow come out, uh, Marty Jannetty comes out, uh, post post killing Marty Jannetty comes yeah. out. Uh, Hunter Hearst Kemsley comes out. All of them, especially Hunter Hearst Kemsley picked up and thrown outside onto Leaf Cassidy and Marty Jannetty. It was a beautiful press slam by Henry, just throwing a, throwing Triple H onto some other no-name people, as I would like to say. Um, but, yeah, those are my honorable mentions, is that uh, Mark Henry is just a strong motherfucker. It doesn't matter how many people you throw at him, four, three, it doesn't matter. I So, so Cookie, I know it's not maybe um, – maybe not worthy of a uh, cookie count, per se, this matchup. Cookie, what – Olympic medal would this get? This would get a bronze medal. Okay. Okay. It'd get a bronze. It because because Mark looked so good and he and the drip, the drip made up for it a lot of it. You know, I was really gonna say this is gonna go myrrh, like South, you know, like South Park. It was gonna go myrrh, but uh I think I'll give it a bronze. Okay. of medals uh the gold medal matchup of the evening and what i'm very excited about talking about uh cookie let me tell you i was talking to one chris tolbert at jungle rapids yesterday and i said uh tolbert i'm very excited about your matchup you get your first eugene matchup and tolbert (laughs) says i am not familiar with eugene's character i wasn't watching wrestling really at this time and i get it and i thought to myself boy, how is he going to skirt around this? <laughs> Whoa. Your did, matchup for the evening, Eugene against Kurt Angle. How did anybody skirt around this? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus you Christ. You can't. So, all right. Uh, this this is a, a time in my life where I wasn't really watching, you know, uh, WWE. It just, you know, I was older. I was, you know, this is probably like I was mid-20s at this point, probably. Why would you so. not be watching during such compelling characters <laughs> as Eugene? <laughs> because every time I would turn it on, it'd be like Eugene. It would be this match. Every time I turned on wrestling, I would go, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just going to, I'll come back to this later. <laughs> but, uh. Yes, so we have Kurt Angle versus Eugene, which uh, Kurt comes out first to his famous anthem, You Suck. And um, we are in uh, – where, where, where are they at? They're in Cleveland, uh, They're in right? Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. So um, they're booing him because he's from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, automatic heat right off the bat, man. He comes out – you know, they're really getting to the You Suck chant. Um Apparently, Angle has been laying down the Angle Invitational Challenge over the past few weeks. So, he's put his gold medal on the line to anyone that can uh, stay in the ring with him for more than three minutes without tapping out. Um, so, he's been running through the challengers all, all through the weeks. And he comes to the stage and he says, hey, uh, I want an actual opponent, man. I've been tapping out motherfuckers left and right. Give me an actual <laughs> opponent. So the music hits, and uh, it's the uh, I'm not familiar with her either, Miss Christie. Christie, uh, what's Amy. what's her last name? Amy. Yeah, 
Yeah, Christy Hemi comes out to the ring. He's like, hey, man, I'm not going to – what gives? And then Angle makes a very dirty wrestling position comment to, to Christy as well. And she's like, hey, you calm down, man. I'm not here to wrestle you. I'm going to tell you who you're wrestling. He's our hometown hero. That's what he's called for. He's called for a hometown hero of Cleveland, Ohio, to come and uh, and face him. And I, I guess Vince just wanted to take a big dump over Cleveland, Ohio, because he sends out Eugene. Um, <laughs> which, how do I describe Eugene? He is a uh, he is a very well built wrestler, but yeah. his, his gimmick at the time, um, he he, he plays a. a a mentally challenged wrestler <laughs> that is, is, I don't know how to go around this. Um, and uh, he, he does some very offensive things to portray <laughs> some very insensitive things to portray this character. <laughs> yeah. So the guy that plays him, Nick Dinsmore, actually an incredible professional wrestler, uh, the character Eugene, uh, was he the brother, the half-brother of Eric Bischoff, Cookie? Uh, he was a half-brother. Yeah, so he, he was Eric Bischoff's sibling, and yeah. uh, they they have him come out. So he's a wrestling super fan and wrestling savant. That's how they portray him. He's special in other ways, but he's a very uh, into professional wrestling. So his yeah. character would steal other moves from professional wrestlers. He would do the rock bottom. He'd do the stunner. He'd do all these moves because he studies professional wrestling and yes. loves it. Yes. But he's a happy-go-lucky guy. <laughs> and he does some very offensive, weird things with his hands and his tongue. <laughs> 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 whoa Vince what are you doing man but uh, I I guess this is the time where they can get away with it you know if you read some of the comments on this uh on this thread it's it's uh it's like how this would never fly <laughs> but but uh um he, he's actually really good shape he's like he looks like he's a legit guy he's, he's a big dude but he comes out He's uh, the music hits. Uh, the crowd of Cleveland, Ohio is very happy. He's there. They, <laughs> uh, he gets a huge pop from the crowd. They they love him. He's wearing a Browns jersey. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Crowd Keep loves on. it. Uh, he's so excited. He tries to give Kurt a hug. He wants to give him a hug. He's so excited. He's there. He's clapping his hands and running all around. Uh, jersey blows his nose on it. And uh, he, he, uh, he rubs it, rubs it in his butt crack. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets some serious heat for defacing the Cleveland Browns jersey. Well, he goes to beat the shit out of Eugene uh, for a little bit. We're getting down towards the end of the clock. Remember, his gold medal's on the line. He has to stay in the ring for three minutes. And he, if he doesn't, he wins the gold medal. Well, he makes short work of him. Angle uh, goes for his patented ankle lock to finish the match. There's like 10 seconds on the clock. Well, Eugene pulls a sneaky switcheroo, throws him, uh, he, he reverses the angle lock, throwing angle through the metal ropes to the outside, stuns angle. Eugene hops up, watches the countdown gleefully, and wins the gold medal. <laughs> angle is uh, angle's pissed. He chases him away, but they make a quick getaway with Miss Christie, and uh, Eugene's the winner. And, so uh, he, he also won the gold medal. Uh, we, we just touched on yeah. that. So who would, wh what did you think about 
the Olympian in this one. Kurt Angle. He he's the the man. He, he definitely he also- uh, he's definitely the bad guy in this. They make him out to be a heel. He draws some cheap heat. Uh, he gets some boost from the crowd. The crowd does does not like him, uh, and his character seems to be. Uh, just grasping the fact that he is an old Olympic medalist. And that's kind of what he's doing with his character. I will say that, uh, that Kurt Angle is probably one of the biggest uh, or, or names to, to come into professional wrestling from the Olympics. And one of the, the greatest performers in WWF history, I think he's incredible coming in and learning his craft so quickly and being able to perform at such a high level. Uh, I wanted to touch on him because he he's an amazing performer. We all love Kurt Angle here. Uh, and Eugene. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, we all love Eugene. I love what I love what uh, I love what King says towards the end of the match is that he probably doesn't even know what that medal is made out of. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Jerry! Oh, Jerry! (laughs) Yeah, Jerry has some uh, some some funny zingers in this match as well. Oh, I'm sure he does. But uh, yeah, very quick, uh, very quick match. Uh, Definitely a high spot Olympic worthy match as well but yes you know originally i when i was coming up with this this list i'm like kurt angle that's gonna be mike's match so mike can talk a little bit about how how special uh kurt angle was as a performer i look up kurt angle verse and one of the things i get was kurt angle versus eugene and i'm like we're gonna give Colbert (laughs) a high spot match with kurt angle I'm going to have to go look up some more Eugene stuff now. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's yeah, something. It's, it's, uh, Tober, give me your haiku. Eugene heeds the call. Angle's metal on the line. Eugene's just in time. <laughs> All right. Just in time. Boys, I'm going to start packing my bag right now for Wednesday night in Charlotte. Woo-hoo. We are excited. Next uh. week on the podcast, it's going to be Yet another very special episode of the podcast. We're not going to be talking about any matches except for the matches that happen at AEW Dynamite. We're going to have a recap of us going there. Uh-oh. Cookie's going to have some FOMO. Mike's going to definitely have some FOMO because he's the most FOMO-ridden person I know. It yeah. is going to be very exciting. Tolbert and I with Byron and, and Travis. It's going to be a trip. It is. It'll be something. Thank you for listening to $2 Stake, a pro wrestling podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting edition.